Yo, what's good, family? Thank you for stepping to the coach's box. I'm your host, JP3, joined by Coach Murph and Coach Pace. We got a lot of football to cover. Exciting week one, maybe. Got a good Thursday night game, and we're going to talk about week two games coming up. Roger Goodell was on first take, talking about different things. Uh, the turf versus grass, we're going to cover that. You know NCAA out here in these streets, so we got to talk about prime time. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. And what does the future of the NCAA look like um, because of everything? And of course, we're going to leave you off with how to spend your money this weekend on our bet segment. So we're going to jump right into our week one takeaways. Coach Pace, what were some of the things that you took away from the week one games? Um, I'm going to get right to it. The Chiefs, don't worry about it. Relax, Okay. Because y'all think the Chiefs are like, oh, my goodness. Well, they just signed Chris Jones, okay. But also, they lost to a team that's probably going to be in the playoffs in the NFC, a.k.a. the Lions, who have upgraded their whole roster, with all due respect. So, losing to them by – what did they lose it in by, like three or four? It was like four. Yeah. That's not saying – that's not saying much, and it, and there was a pick six involved in that. Like, if you take away the pick six, they would have won. So, I wouldn't worry about the Chiefs. Relax, hold your horses. Patrick Mahomes is still him. Um, I will say, NFC-wise, they better beware of the Lions because the Lions are not on trash. Um, Aaron Rodgers just ended the season for the Jets. Respectfully, I think – I, I pray for Zach Wilson because he don't deserve anything that's about to come his way um, because he was an afterthought, basically, in all their plans in the upcoming season. So, like, him stepping up and winning that game against the Bills says a lot mm-hmm. uh, because they can say it was mostly the defense, but guess what? Regardless of the four turnovers, I've still seen games where a quarterback will lose that, lose that type of game. Even if it was the punt return or whatever it may be, guess what? I've seen quarterbacks that will lose that type of game. So give Zach Wilson some grace. Um, freak accidents do happen. I really think it's karma in the like in the Jets organization because of how they developed Zach Wilson, um, and they didn't develop him correctly. Same with Justin Fields. That's why the Bears can't win anything. Um, but overall, week one, I just think week one was like preseason extended. Because it was like a lot of Lamar, he looked terrible. Joe Burrow, he looked terrible because it was raining. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he didn't look the greatest. He had Nick Chubb in his backfield. That's why he looked great. And that defense was relentless. So week one for me was extended preseason. Like week Two through five or six will tell me everything I need to know. And Coach Mark, what were your takeaways? Well, first things first. Well, I guess let me touch on this uh, Jets situation. Well, the way that happened, it's unfortunate. And I feel like it puts the Jets in a compromising area. So people were talking about, oh, you got to bring in another quarterback, a vet quarterback. And uh, that can stupid. (laughs) 
And well, I don't think it's entirely stupid. I just think the options are extremely limited because I was just like, there's not many quarterbacks out there that are available where you think like, oh, this guy is so much better than Zach Wilson that this, you know, this will take us to the Super Bowl because that was, you know, your aspirations and, you know, what people were putting on you. But there's but honestly that's only that's two. That's my thing. They have to know the system. Like, this is not no – you can't just jump in week one and be like, oh, yeah, uh, Tom Brady's about to take us to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's going to take at least a week five to know the system. Like, And he well, could lose five of those games. Like, this is not – Well, Brady can't because he's part owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, so that scratches that. The only two team – there are the only two players – that I can see that would make sense if they were going to do it. But it's kind of a catch-22 because you have to understand what does that do to Zach Wilson's confidence? Mm. Because it's just like if you bring in some guy now, we know that that's going to be a rental until Aaron Rodgers gets back next year. And then that's another year that Zach Wilson is going to have to sit out that he's supposed to go that that following year. Like mm-hmm. it, It's that. But the only two quarterbacks that I can see – that would kind of be like a seamless fit is one Matthew Stafford because the Rams have a super young team. They mm-hmm. lost Cooper Cup. There's there's they're not competing this year. So mm-hmm. you might as well get him off the books and just start with this whole new regime. The other mm-hmm. one based off of Thursday night it came to mind, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. The Vikings are the Vikings are in disarray. Purgatory. And <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not the quarterback that's going to take you over the hump. So you might as well just get him off. And, you know, you're probably going to have like a top 10 pick. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying, you know, tank, you know, because I know that Justin Jefferson is always going to want to compete. But, my que- my question for you, Coach Murph, uh, is Kirk Cousins as bad as we think he is, or is that defense as awful? Because that defense, he still scored. Uh, Philly won what yesterday by what 30, three? Yeah, they won by four. They won by four. So is it is it Kurt or is it the defense? Because I'm looking at Kurt. He still threw four touchdowns. He threw still threw for over three hundred. But I'm looking at the defense yeah. like. Bro, what did y'all contribute? Because uh, DeAndre Swift ran for like ten yards, one one seventy five this week. So, well, but that's that's my thing. Why you just move on from Kurt? Because like I I don't blame Kurt, but he's not going to help you compete. He can't overcome that. But okay. If you take him to the Jets, there's nothing for him to overcome because you know that the Jets is going to lock that down. So now right. you put him in prime position of just like, hey, just don't lose us the game. Mm-hmm. We'll hold, we'll hold off. He he'll have the running game. He'll still have the receivers, and then he has you know a top three defense in the league. Well, top five, mm-hmm. whichever. So those are the only two quarterbacks that I see really fitting in the Jets but like I said that's going to mess with Zach Wilson's confidence and you know but I think Hurt Cousins will probably well I mean it's pretty much the same 
thing for Kirk and Stafford because the Rams both uh, need a change at quarterback. Mm. Second thing, big paydays, low production. Mm. Burrow got paid, trash. Mm. Hurts got paid, trash. Jackson got paid, trash. Danny O's, not Danny Dimes. Danny O's, <laughs> trash. Oh, well, it's week one. None I understand the- that it's week one, but like that this is what happens when people get paid. There's an expectation. And like the honestly, the only person that I give grace to is Joe Burrow because he was coming off of his calf injury on top of his line being trash. So it's just like, okay, you're at a disadvantage. Hurts Jackson, no excuse. Really? No excuse. No. Because you got a button. We're going to be more pass heavy. You only give, you get, you target Odell, what, four times the whole game? One, talk about one it. Talk, yeah, oh, wait, half. wait. You had, listen, you had me in the first half. Now, now you got me in the second half. Talk about it. Talk about it. I'm, <laughs> listen, you got me. Hey, whatever you say is valid from here on out. Jalen, Jalen Hurts, like that, all, People was killing the the Eagles defense, and I'm over here like the Eagles defense and special teams and Jake Elliott won us week one game at, at the week one game. Jalen didn't do anything. That touchdown he threw was because of a short field that the defense gave him. Then you got the pick six from uh from Darius Slate. We we put basically the special teams and defense put the Eagles up 16-0. And Jalen still almost blew it. And I don't want to hear about the weather because Mac Jones was lighting them up. Mac Jones was throwing dots in that second half. I was like, where'd this and, and then and you know why I say that it comes from? When your offense goes three and out five straight times, what does that do to a defense? Tired. And and we pride ourselves with all the additions we made that we we have a crazy deep load ro- rotation, which we do. But if you keep going three and out, three and out, short drive, well, I'm tired. Mm. You're going to have mental lapses. You mm. like it, stuff like that happens. But everybody wants to, you know, be like, oh well, the Eagles' defense look blah blah blah, whatever. It's it's Jalen and the and Brian Johnson, the the new offensive coordinator. They need mm. to figure something out. Mm-hmm. Two, they should have flexed that Chargers Dolphins game this Saturday because boy, that was a college game. <laughs> Four hundred and sixty-six yards. The one thing you couldn't tell me is that Tua was going to come in this season looking like an MVP front runner. Mm. I wouldn't have believed you. Mm-mm. I wouldn't have believed you. And the last thing. Uh, the jury is still out on Jordan Love. He looked great, but I think it was more so of the Bears having a very bad defense because, you know, they went through that stretch last year of trading their defensive players um, to start, you know, building up on the offense and make moves. And, of course, they it's a young team, but I don't know if it's uh, – I don't want people to – they need to pump their brakes on him a bit of thinking like, oh, this is going to be their next great quarterback for the next, you know, X amount of years. I I just think that he had a favorable matchup, unlike some people like the Steelers. <laughs>
Perfect segue to my reflections about takeaways. That was painful. That Steelers, nice. I mean, listen, I'm a realistic fan. I knew, I knew the Steelers was going to lose that game. I knew, but like that, we got bullied pretty much from start to finish. Y'all stink. Like, what are we talking about against the 49ers? They stink. Like, that's the 49ers are not your average team. Yeah, at all. It was just like the offensive line. It looked like they were they were just got thrown out there for the very first time. Like it, it they had trouble in pass protection. They had a lot of trouble in run blocking. Um, Patrick Peterson was out here getting torched. He was supposed to be the what? new position. Was he? He said, "I'm about to pick him off." Yeah, yeah. you got picked on. Picked on Brandon Ayuk had a field day. Um, he's on he's on a couple of my fantasy teams, so I didn't mind that too much. But at the, the you know still, uh, that was the take takeaway. We gotta do better. That did not look like a Mike Tomlin coach football team. I they was brought up today on some of the shows that ran today, and I agree. The offense looks pedestrian in general for the last couple of years, ever since Todd Haley's departure. So I think I'm not sold on this this uh, offensive coordinator. That now I think we need to look elsewhere. Mm. But anyways, um, the Giants Cowboys game, Giants. I mean, that's that's pretty much what you get. Like that's what you get for trying trying not to pay Saquon. Uh, Talk so about karma. Oh, man, let's talk about it. Uh, actually, we ain't even got to talk about it. We already know what it is. What Stephen A. call him? He called him the Saquon and the bag of chips. Bag of Literally. Like that. And that's exactly what Literally. They put up zero points. They got nothing. They hey, imagine paying your quarterback over $200 million to do that. To get nothing. And Literally. Literally nothing, though. So, there's that game. I And over... Overall, I think week one was very underwhelming um, as far as, like, there were some good matchups, but the matchup didn't come to fruition like like we would have hoped it would. And it is week one. We want to give folks some grace. But, yeah, it just it just wasn't – it didn't live up to the hype that I think everyone was excited week one was starting, and it just really didn't live up to the hype. Um, Tyreek Hill, I don't know how you're supposed to defend that dude. Like, I don't know how you're supposed you don't. to you don't and stop manning them up. You no, you pray. You pray. You literally but like, pray. They man they manned him up a lot. I'm like, bro. You can't man him. I'm about to say the the problem is man single high. A lot of people try and do man single high, and I'm like, man single high. Have y'all not figured that out? Man single high doesn't work. Right. Like you literally have to shift your whole coverage to his side. Mm-hmm. Respectfully. Yeah. And Richard Sherman. Said this is how you can best defend Tyreek Hill is that they pretty much have two two men on them at all times. Like watch him, and depending on what route he runs, it you know what they take what the defense does. And so, yeah. yeah, so but just having a man on man and just trusting one one dude to to do, to make the right decision and to guard him, absolutely not. You're going to get torched. Even corner, even the corners that play against him say that. Like, why would you have me man on man against him? Like the corner, if you know the corners say that, like, bro, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's going to reflect on me. But it's like, bro, like, you know I need help over here. Yes. Uh, you just got to let Waddle eat. Yeah, yeah fact. Yeah, I live with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I live with that. Even though he's a dope receiver. You yeah, he, yeah, he's going he's going to cook you too, but like nah, he ain't gonna cook you for eleven for two twenty two 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 plus and two bills. What like, the what the high. type of if, if you want to neutralize if you want to neutralize Tyreek Hill, you will. He's not he's not cooking for eleven for two two over two plus and two bills. I'm sorry. He might cook you for one fifty and maybe a touchdown. If if you're stupid, you'll give him up two touchdowns. But he's not cooking for over two on a on a on a slight night, bro. He he. I'm telling you, because if you're gonna have, you're gonna need to roll coverage and put about two to three guys on on Tyreek Hill if you want to. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if you're trying to legit neutralize Tyreek Hill, not just be like, hey, stop him. Sometimes you know how much freedom that's going to give Waddle. Uh, he was I, he was cooking he was he, cooking the year before Tyree got there. If he cooked for two, eleven for two bills and two TDs, listen, they got you got more than the you got more than the problem. You have a like you need to go into the Miami game thinking like we just got to score more than them. That's how I feel like you need to go into Miami game like, or we need to force a punt. Like that's the only goal, or force a field goal. Because honestly, between them, like when you look at them too, I I view them as they're kind of like a duo of like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. But the difference is like the skill gap and the gap between Hill and Waddle is further more than what Brown and Smith is. So that's mm-hmm. why he gets so many targets. But like Perfect. if they try to, you know. We saw that. Yeah, so like if you try to manage Hill a little bit more, he will look a lot like he will put up numbers like Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, man, that that was I was like, come on, y'all got like it's not like Tyreek Hill rookie. Like you got film. Like make this. Just- no, no, they don't. You don't, you don't got film. You can't see him on film, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They got years of film though. Like he's not the average Joe Blow. No, no, he's not. Uh, the the Jets game that was sad. Aaron, I, just just some franchises I think are snake bitten. You know, I I, I hate to word curse around, but it's just like it, it's like it's them and the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA. Like I don't know the cow, Cowboys. The cow the Cowboys too. I mean, at least the Cowboys. Get get there, you know what I'm saying? At least at least the Cowboys have done something, but it's like the Jets. Like Joe Namath was the last time that y'all was really able to make it through to the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? And, and when they had the, the great defense, you know, with Bart Scott and them and everything like that. Yeah, Bart Scott, Bart, and then you know Mark Sanchez <laughs> get the butt fumble. You know, what I'm saying? you give him Bart Scott credit, bro. Like, come on, Jamie. I'm sorry, he was the first guy that came. But uh Darrell Revis, I'll just say that. Revis, there you go. That yeah, okay. That's more like Revis Island. Revis Island. So Revis Island just did okay, but then something bad would happen. Um man, I was so happy. Uh, cause watching hard knocks to see Gibson take that back. Oh man. Bro, oh, that was amazing. Like and 
I was I was talking to a friend about it, and I was just like, because he hasn't watched Hard Knocks yet, and I was like, just imagine if you watch Hard Knocks, that punt return would have meant so much more to you. Like any average fan that watched that series, like you were just proud proud of him. Even if you were a Bills fan, it's just like, dang, that sucks. But like. I'm proud of him. Like you on the edge of getting cut, and you do the walk off for the yeah, team. Yeah, I seen I seen the him almost getting cut portion. Mm-hmm. Like they brought him into the office. I seen that whole spiel. I don't know what led up to it, but like once I found out it was him, I'm like, oh damn, that's crazy. It's good to see something happen to somebody good like that. It it was because oh well, it was between because they had two rookie wideouts. Yeah. Team and and so it it looked it appeared like they couldn't take both of them. Like okay, you you were thinking as a viewer, all right, one of them's gonna have to go because they're pretty yeah. heavy. Be- yeah, because the addition of like Lazard and them was pushing, well, expanding that wide receiver room. So it was between Gibson and Brownlee. Uh, for that, seem as like they made it seem as though it was like one spot left if any, for the wide receivers, and then they, they ended up keeping both of them. Yeah. And and you know what? The funny thing is there was a preseason game, and Gibson made a really good punt return. He didn't he didn't take it all the way, but he did. He made a really good one. And and so, like, Robert – I think it was Robert Sala said something like, you know, great return, whatever, and he was like, man, I'm going to take the next one back or something like that. Mm. And then for him to do it week one and take it all the way back to what he – man – that, that was that was fire. That was fire. So uh, this whole contract should be guaranteed after that. <laughs> and, yeah, and the one in the preseason, the only reason why he didn't return return is he got tripped. Did he got tripped? He sure did. So it was just dope to see that. Um, Josh Allen lost me one of my fantasy football matchups last week. Cause I ain't got. I ain't got I ain't got time to get on him. We gotta get on Dion. I ain't got time to get on Josh Allen because this this will end up being a forty minute segment instead of like a thirty minute twenty five minute segment that we say. Hey, Bill's best receiver is Stephon Diggs. Their second best receiver is Jordan Whitehead because three times to the same man. Did did y'all hear that Whitehead and his contract? He has to. Uh, one of his incentives is he has to get three picks in the season. Yep, I heard about that. Okay, done, done. They, oh, yeah. He had he had that under the table deal before the <laughs> before the game. Clearly, mm-hmm. that might that might be Josh Allen's homeboy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was wild. Anyway, anyways, we're gonna move on to week two. Um, so I got three matchups for y'all. Just let me know who's going to win and why. And we're going to start at the Ravens, at Bengals. One of them is going to have to have a redemption game. Right, fellas? Who do you think it'll be? Ravens. I just I think the Ravens defense combined with that Bengals O-line is going to – and still Burrow nursing that injury. That's what's going to be the, the downfall of the Bengals this week. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm rolling with the uh, Baltimore. I just think one defense outplays the other, and I'm trusting Baltimore's defense more than I'm trusting Cincinnati's, and that Cincinnati line is not it. Like, 
after they've been getting demolished by Miles Garrett and company for the last like six, seven meetings. So I'm like, mm, it's not about to change. And Lamar, the only thing about Lamar is he hasn't played in like a year, if not a year plus. So that first game was like, okay, Lamar's figuring it out. I think this game, he'll be figuring it out, but it'll be more consistent. So, yeah. I'm torn on this one. Both both of them were not impressive last week, even though the Ravens got the win. And, I mean, Dobbins, like, being out for the season, it's like, bro, like, man. It's just some people you just you just hurt for because you're like, man, like, you can't even get anything going with your career and everything because you keep getting injured. Um, but... All right, I guess I'll go with the Ravens by field goal. I think this will be a tighter game, a real tight mm-hmm. game. But um, Ravens have the better defense and the better kicker. Uh, McPherson is, is good, but, I mean, Justin Tucker is the best. So, yeah. All right, Seahawks at Lions. Who y'all got in this one? Lions. Lions. Um, the Lions are just better. That, <laughs> yeah, that's the end of it. Taking the Lions on the money line. I don't care. I don't care how they win. I just know they're going in. It could be two. It could be 20. It could be 40. It could be a point and a half. I got the Lions. Um, I got the Lions by seven. But, Gino, come on, bro. I'm rooting for you. I need you. You lost to the Rams last week by 17, bro. Get, get, yeah, Gino missed me. Come on, Gino. You said you didn't write back, but it looks like you did this season. Like, please. Man, he lost to the Rams with nothing. nothing. Like, my team. But that, that thing got returned to sender. <laughs> Man. My team, whole ass thinks, and he 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 really gave us some hope. Like, we was going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Browns at Steve. Listen, I told y'all the Browns was going to win. Browns, Browns, and the Browns are gonna win again. And you know what my what my note said is just one line. Kenny kick Pickens. them, nah, kick them while they're down. They got beat up last week against the Forty ers They're just gonna get beat up some more while they try to figure things out by the Browns. Mm. And then say- plus, this would be a the potential for the Browns to kind of like exert their dominance within their division starting 2-0 in their division alone. Right. All right. Um, listen. We we have to get this game. Oh, God. You worse than the Cowboys. No, 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 no. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out. So, I think all week <laughs> They, the pit, the Steelers have been embarrassed and are going to come out and, and, and right the ship. Okay, it's going to be a very close game. Um, I think I, I'll probably have the, the Steelers, you know, by no more than a field goal, maybe even less than that. Maybe it's just a one-point game. but um, Or maybe they just lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I – Deshaun Watson was okay. Last week, and I know the weather we think so. We really don't know how where he is along his progression. And so if they can get some pressure on him while he's still rusty, I think it could impact the how dynamic that offense is. And they're gonna be in Pittsburgh. 
So I got Steelers in a very, very close one. Don't feel great about it, but there it is. You better pray for a tie. <laughs> I'm praying right now. I'm praying right now. Like, I, we need something. We need something. Because we can't have Mike Tomlin have a losing season. We can't. We he can't. won't. He won't have a losing season. It just won't start off great. That's it. My heart can't take it. All right. Um, so, Roger Goodell was on first take. Uh, he talked about, um, you know, black and brown head coaches, the lack, or lack thereof, and um, several other things, player safety, and, and especially because of, of uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury, uh, the, the topic of turf versus grass came up, and it was said that the NFLPA is pushing to have um, grass, all grass throughout the state. So, fellas, what do you all think? Do you think that's feasible? Do you think that makes sense, and do you think it's feasible? I think it's I think it's cat, bro. Like I Ocho Cinco kind of like described the injury because he said like as soon as he went down from his reaction, I can tell he said what Aaron Rodgers' issue was he should have stopped trying to fight off the sack and just fall because he put a lot of pressure on his Achilles and something has to give. Mm. So that's what caused it. But like in terms of like injuries and stuff in terms of you know is it because of the the turf or whatever I just think it's more so lack of preparation for a season they cut the way they they train they cut preseason games and it's just like you're taking a cold body into a regular season and telling them to go 120 percent hence why people are saying just like how you started like this felt like an extended preseason so like I understand there's certain nuances of you know turf and grass you move faster in turf it feels more natural in grass so on and so forth but it's not like they just now started putting turf in fields or like in, in stadiums and stuff that they, they've been around, they've been around in college, they've been around in, in the pros. So the injuries have become more frequent. The more they cut into training camps and preseason games and practices. That makes sense. I'm not mad at that perspective. What do you think? think uh the turf versus grass thing is bogus or is there some legitimacy to it my boy thinking hard no this is this is a, a tough question because i look at it in terms of i have seen injuries that were turf based in, injuries where you know cleats are getting caught in the turf and somebody's leg goes one way because mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't come off the ground like it should so that 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 is tough but growing up and being an nfl fan for years i've never mm -hmm. seen these many players get hurt off of these type of injuries and they're like you know they're not bone injuries they're like muscle ligament injuries and stuff like that so um to your point coach murph i think it's something more than just i think turf can cause injuries but i don't think turf is causing the plethora of injuries that we're seeing um, I say I'm always 10 times out of 10, I would recommend grass. 
the problem with grass is the maintenance. So um, you have to do more maintenance on grass because you got to keep it low. You got to keep everything cut properly. You got to keep, you know, the lines wherever they are. Uh, and that's what they don't want to pay for. But if we're if we're really getting down to the nitty gritty, grass is like 10 times out of 10 better than turf. So in general, I get what their gripe is about, but they've also had access to turf for at least, you know, that last eight to 12 to 15 years. Um, and you just got to know and hold them and know when to phone them. But like if we're getting really down to the nitty gritty player safety, gra- grass is easier to land on. Okay. Grass is easier to plant on. They have spikes for that. Like it's it's not even up debate for which is safer, safer for, for player safety. It's more so maintenance costs and which is safer for which is benefits the NFL more and helps them to save money, which is turf. I like that. I like that too. So we got two two different perspectives here. So I, I think for our listeners out there, uh I think it's worth I think it's worth thinking about in terms of um yes, this is best for player safety. Um is that causing the bunch of injuries that we're seeing now? Uh or is it something else? Uh could it be a both and? Uh so I think there's a lot of a lot of room for conversation there. So I I don't know what you know the hundred percent right answer right answer is here, but I but I do agree that if I had to pick one, they I mean it's statistically proven that grass is definitely more safe for the players. Um, I do think, and Coach Pace, you brought this up uh, in, in, a, in an episode back in the day, is um, strength and conditioning of the athletes is different too. Sign me up. Sign me up. These niggas soft. <laughs> <laughs> Put this species at 13, but these dudes are soft, respectfully. Like, this is insane. I, I've never seen so many, like, Soft tissue injuries, hamstrings, so many, like everything. Like the whole Ravens, like backfield was out for a season. <laughs> a couple of seasons. Off, bro. They're soft. They're not doing nothing good. Like, but I also think, like, if you're trying to draft Ohio State running backs, with all due respect, love you, Ohio State, would we'll die for you. Listen, actually, I'm not dying for any of y'all, but you get what I'm saying. I'm a diehard fan. Drafting Ohio State running back is absolutely insane. Like a J.K. Dobbins or a Zeke or Carlos High, like why are we drafting them? They're literally running to the ground um, the whole time they're at Ohio State. Y'all, I don't think y'all understand. Like Zeke ran for a thousand yards in three games, damn near nine hundred eight eight fifty to a thousand. Well, I mean, Bama was pretty much doing the same thing outside, like the past couple of years, because they had a. Uh... Tua, Hurts, and Mac Jones, but they're known for their run game. And, I mean, like, even in that season where Zeke did all that running, like, by average of carries and totality of carries and touches, Derrick Henry blew him out the water. Yeah, but my thing is uh, Alabama and Ohio State are known for – Oh, Alabama and Ohio State are known for running their running backs into the ground. Like, it's literally, like, yeah, Najee. Najee's a question mark because he had a bad year last year. Me and Coach Murph discussed that. But 
outside of that, like Alabama running backs are not good outside of Derrick Henry as an anomaly. But Derrick Henry's been an anomaly since he's been in high school. He has the most rushing yards in high school football history. Like that's not it's not normal. Like wait, wait. let's touch on that real quick though. Um I, since I want to get, you know, Coach JP3's perspective. What is what is your view of, of Najee, Najee Harris? Oh, I, I think he's dope. Um, I was excited when the Steelers drafted him. Uh, mm. But the one thing about Alabama running back, the, well, Alabama has a history of having, like, NFL-ready offensive lines as well. So mm-hmm. sometimes that could make the – it's going to make a, a ideal situation for a running back. And so when you see it in Pittsburgh, Najee's good enough that he can get off some, have some good games. But when we're talking about longevity and consistency, that offensive line, he doesn't have the ability to make people miss like that, you know? So, because they don't really get shifty running back. So if you have a, a good offensive line and Mark Ingram is the running back, okay, Ingram's going to do some damage. And I agree that Derrick Henry is kind of an outlier. I mean, that, he he's he's basically a linebacker playing the the running back position. Um but yeah, I like Najee Harris. I think he's good, really good. Um but I think Alabama's line made him look even better than what he really is. See, I'm uh, so my stance on this is like I'm I'm high on Najee Harris. And I was like I I was explaining to coach Pace that you have to look at the situations he's in. So when he got to the league rookie year, he did pretty good. And then he said, you know, Coach Pace was saying, like, he did pretty good. And he was working with, you know, Big Ben, who had a noodle for an arm. And I was like, I understand that. But people knew they still respected Big Ben as a passer. They knew that he couldn't hit the deep ball consistently. But you can't always stack the box on the run because – there's a potential that Ben could beat you. So that opens up things. Then the following year, which was considered a down year for him, I like they were calling him Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like, so it's like, oh, we we know what Najee is capable, capable of. We saw it last year. Let's just stack the box and then just let Kenny Pickett make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that's what will cause a down year. And he didn't, Kenny Pickett didn't like really start stepping up until the back end of this mm-hmm. season. And then I was like, and then this week, I I count week one as an outlier because I mean it was the it's the 49ers. Oh, I wouldn't count that. I wouldn't count that. So I, yeah, I, I'm I'm just state I'm just stating that for like more so the listeners like because if they be like, oh well he was terrible last week. I'm like, yeah, well a lot of teams is going to look terrible facing the 49ers. Yeah. My thing is the um touches map. Like that's the thing with uh that's why it holds most running backs from getting a contract like Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry is the amount of touches. So they'll run them in the ground for 300 to 400 in between there touches wise. Um and then they'll say, "Okay, 2 3 years in, well you've had you know, a thousand touches." And you're sitting there like Okay, and like I'm still ready to go, and then they get a contract like Zeke, um, and then they're like, and Zeke blew the market because 
well, we all knew he shouldn't have got paid because he was an Ohio State running back, respectfully. But it blows the market, and now people like Austin Eckler, people like uh, Josh Jacobs, like, they can't get a contract. And I'm like, I don't understand how because, you know, running back is the only position you get penalized for your production pretty much. And I'm like, okay, so just give them short-term contracts, like two-year, three-year contracts, but they don't even want to do that. So it's like, what are you supposed to do in general? And, like, Najee's had, like, a bunch of touches in the last two seasons. So when Najee's contract comes up, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're looking at your production, and it's not up to par. I I believe Najee has the highest potential right now that's coming down the pipeline that's going to actually – get paid and could get like break the market because to me a lot of these running backs that they're reluctant to pay are paired with you know a above average quarterback outside of Dan Daniel Jones like that was just strictly BS to to pay Daniel Jones over uh over Saquon Barkley but you look at Zeke it's just like uh, I'm reluctant to pay you this money because they drag their feet on it because it's like, well, we do have Dak Prescott. You look at Austin Eckler, it's like, yeah, but we do got Justin Herbert. Like, that's how you look at J.K. Dobbins. He wanted his money. Oh, we got Lamar Jackson. So when you look at Najee Harris, I don't really see Kenny Pickett making any type of statement this year where it's just kind of like, oh, well, we're going to have to pay this guy you know, top five market value for quarterbacks when his time comes. He might be more of a top 10 guy. Like pay him around eight, between eight to 10 range in that pecking order. So I think he has the highest chance to do it. But I think that also plays a role in why a lot of running backs don't get paid. And also because they always view them as like disposable, which they really aren't. But, they aren't. That's what the crazy part is, because you can't win a Super Bowl without a run game. That's why it's so funny. You literally can't win a Super Bowl without a run game. Like, sorry to all you fans that think you can, but bro, you can't win a Super Bowl without a run game. That's absolutely not possible. I think people got enamored by recent success of, but it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Like. That's different. Patrick Mahomes and Nick Foles, because Nick Foles threw for 400, Brady threw for 500 in the loss, and they thought, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah. Man, figure well, look at the boy no. Stafford. Your boy Stafford. You know, that it's not like they had a, a premier back in that game and, and uh, for the Rams. So I, I think they got enamored by that, too. So the last two Super Bowls, yeah. Foles and Brady, people are like, oh, we don't need one. And teams are paying the price for it. Might as well just give gave him the money. Uh, hey, Blunt was eating. Yeah. Blunt was eating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Blunt was. Uh, yeah, I hope I hope I hope Najee Harris is able to reach his full potential. Um, he it, it's just I think he came in at a at a rough time where it's going to take longer to see the fruits of his labor um, because they're they're a rebuilding team at the quarterback position, in the offensive line. Uh, so it's, it's going to be tough. But they have a lot of talent uh, to make it happen. So I hope I hope you're right about Najee because, yeah. Um, Colorado. 
we got a lot to talk about when it comes to Colorado. And I know y'all been chomping at the bit to do this. Coach Pace, you've been talking about Colorado uh, earlier in the show. Go ahead and talk to us about what you're thinking about, how things are going so far, what they got coming up. What you got? Uh, Coach Prime is elite, man. Listen, I, I don't care what nobody say. Listen, I'm getting my shirt. I'm hopping on the bandwagon. I hopped on the bandwagon week one. Everybody was like, after I hopped on the bandwagon after the first drop. I just want everybody to know this. I hit James up and DeMar, Coach Murph. I told them, I said, they're about to win tonight because Coach Prime, they're out there hitting. Coach Prime's playing no games. I hit them up. I said, Coach Prime's going to win. What they do, they won. I just want everybody to know that. I've been on the bandwagon. But the thing is, people don't understand the impact of what's going on. It puts things like Alabama and Texas and all these uh, blue blood pipelines in perspective because the NIL. Coach Prime going to get you your money just based off who he is. So they're going to do what they need to do um, in regards to that. So you ain't got to worry about money. The thing is, can you play? And if you can play, Coach Prime going to get you on that field, and he's going to play. The best thing I think about Coach Prime is Travis Hunter. He's going to play his best players where they need to be played, and he's going to let them play themselves to the point where they can't play. So, like, I'm listen, I'm nowhere near Travis Hunter. I wish I was Travis Hunter. I wish I was one – I wish I was 520 – 5% of what Travis Hunter is. Okay. If I, I'm one of those players, like, I have to play both sides because if I only play one side, I'm going to be disinterested in the game. Like, I know I can play both sides, but I'm like, bro, why can't I play both sides? Mm-hmm. So, Coach Prime is like, oh, Travis Hunter, he can play receiver. He's naturally gifted. But he was recruited as a corner. Mm-hmm. So, he's like, hey, we're going to get our best players on the field. We're going to do what we need to do. And we're going to just deal with it. And I'll manage his snaps how I need to. And the thing with Travis Hunter is he plays in altitude. So, going down to TCU is nothing. 120 snaps, people are acting like, oh, my God. Yeah, he probably plays a 120 snaps in altitude. Do y'all understand a mile up, mm-hmm. thin air? Like, he play, he plays that weekly basis, like daily basis, 120 snaps, easy. So his cardio is impeccable. Um, my thing is, like, y'all just need to accept how this is happening. Like, NIL, bro, like, Coach Saban, sorry to tell you, but you're not as good as you think you are because you're not getting all the top-line athletes. Like, your scheme is not as good as you think it is because you're not getting all the top-line athletes. Texas caught y'all because y'all not getting all the top-line athletes. Y'all quarterback, the fact that you had to switch quarterbacks after a Texas loss means you can't develop quarterbacks respectfully. Like, I'm sorry to tell you because if you could develop a quarterback, you'd be – you know, 12 and one, 11 and one by the end of the season with the same quarterback, y'all develop him. And guess what? He takes y'all on to, you know, a semifinal or a national final and y'all can win it next year. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to, you know, be like, oh, well, he's not getting it done. He's not what I thought he was. Let's switch our quarterbacks. Cool. 
your players gonna look at you like that. Your players gonna look at you as like, oh, if I don't get it done, if I make mistakes, if I have a bad game, he's gonna switch me off for somebody else. That's not a good way to look. Do you see the same thing happening for Clemson? Absolutely. Clemson already, we're not even talking about Clemson because DJ Ugalala, whatever his name is, DJ <laughs> that went to Oregon State, y'all know what I'm talking about. He already knew the writing on the wall, but he was not willing to switch up and be like, oh, yeah, NIL. I don't understand NIL. Why they getting their money? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, players left. Players literally left because they didn't like, who is dude? Dabo? Weenie. make off the players. Your Dabo name is Weenie. Oh, it's Dabo Weenie or whatever his name is. You were made off your players. Trevor Lawrence made you. Like, Deshaun Watson made you. Like, you're not – bro, it's as the as – the, like I said to the group chat, as the talent level closens, the coaches, the coaches get exposed for who they really are. So, the guys that like Nick Saban, yeah, he was dominant for a 10-year stretch, 12-year stretch. But why isn't he winning now when NIL is like prominent? Mm. It's interesting. Instead of Alabama, it's, they're at Georgia. They're it's at- very interesting. Georgia's still dominant. Ohio State's still dominant. Colorado's coming up, and he's going to have a whole. He said he's seven or eight dogs away from a national power. And he's going to get next year, he's going to get way more than seven or eight dogs. Oh, yeah. So, He's prominent, okay. USC's on that. On that, it's more so because of their quarterback, but they're on that. What you gonna do when when all these people come, Nick Saban? Because like, you talking about boosters need to invest money? No, you need to be a better coach. Like, sorry, you can't you can't walk yourself into a national title. So it's it's accountability. You gotta look yourself in the mirror and change with the times that's going on right now. I I think he was a great coach for the era that he was in, but this new NIL, I think he's a fraud mm-hmm. because he's not willing to adjust to what it is. Dion, all the people that's willing to adjust, they're gonna get their recruits, they're gonna do what they need to do, they're gonna keep winning. Hey, they're gonna end up in the final four. Even if Ohio State doesn't end up in the final four. They're going to end up in the Big Ten title game. They're going to end up competing. They're going to end up in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Alabama, I can't say the same for. Texas, Texas is going to be a problem. Yeah. Because they got that oil money. So whatever they need, they're going to fund it. NIL is going to fund it. It evens out the playing field is what I'm saying. Like all this evening out the playing field, some of these coaches ain't ready for it. Now, what you said about Coach Saban – do you feel that way about Coach Belichick as well? In regards to what? Uh, not changing with the times. Yes. Relying on, relying on defense and running game is crazy. Relying on running game He was airing it out. Hey, he, he's right in his wrong. She actually got him an offensive coordinator this year. Okay, that's this. I can't. I can't go off one game. We just talked about the one game scenario. I can't go off one game. So you're right. He did what he to do this one game. I'm going off of what he previously did with Mac Jones. Mac Jones, we all know he can. He, we all know he can take care of what he needs to take care of. The problem is, 
he didn't trust him. Like, as a rookie quarterback or whatever, first year, second year, third year, you have to go with the growing pains. If you don't see, like, him improving, that's different. But you, if you see him improving, like, with a Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning to, through first year through 28 interceptions or 24, whatever it is. If you don't see him improving from that, then you need to move on. But if you see him cutting from 28 to 22, to uh to seventeen, bro. You gotta and he's upping his touchdowns, bro. You gotta work with that because you can develop in that into a fifteen year, twenty year quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a win now business, but guess what? Okay, Jalen Hurts is a prime example. They did Philly invested in Jalen Hurts, and guess what they're getting? After the first year, they got a Super Bowl appearance quarterback. He was nine and eight. They got a Super Bowl appearance quarterback. Mind you, when he went to Oklahoma, he was just benched the year before because, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. They they believed in Tua. Cool. He went to Oklahoma. I'm like, oh, that's a Heisman winning quarterback when he went there. He moves on to Philly. He goes to Philly. He has winner's mentality. He went, he goes nine. I'm like, okay, he can be something. Because all eight losses wasn't on him. And then the next year, he's in the MVP. It's like, bro, you have to invest in people. Like, that's what that's the difference between Coach Prime and most of these coaches. He invests in people. Once he, you invest in people and help them to believe, because we all believe, I think all three of us do. Once you invest in people and believe, that changes. That's real. Cause imagine like you're a quarterback and you lose one game and you get mm. you get pinched because you lost one game to a ranked Texas team who almost beat you last year. You had nothing to do with that. Like so like I that Bro, but Texas Texas is so nice though. Like yeah, that's my thing, James James. You know that Texas is so nice. They are. They are. They had them right on the ropes last season as well. So I'm like, this is a legit squad. There's no shame in losing to a legit squad. And so you're going to bench the dude off one day? I'm like, come on, man. Like, that's that's a little severe. Um, and patient, for sure. I just want to hear Coach Murph because I'm like, I have... off what? of one game, bro? Like, what are you, are you talking about for Mac? Uh, not Mac, not Mac, not Mac. Oh, you talking oh, like about? They, uh, I feel like they did Mac service, but Texas, like uh, Nick Saban, yeah. Texas, uh, yeah. their quarterback. Okay, so my thing about Nick Saban is this: um, he's well, for one, he's never he's not a he's not a QB guy. He doesn't develop quarterbacks. You can see that because of throughout his tenure with Bama, the, the typically the quarterbacks don't transition well because he's run and defense based. The only times that he's had, you know, people that come in and transition well is one Tua, but you saw that as he came in for his his first start that he has that it factor and Mac mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, but then also, you know, Mac Jones had a plethora of weapons around him on, on top of that. But, mm-hmm. and then when you see with someone like Hertz, 
He got better when he went to Oklahoma. That was development. He got better with uh, with Philly throughout the years, working with Doug Peterson and working with uh, Shane St- uh, Stitchens. Um, so, like, he doesn't develop quarterbacks. So I do think it was egregious to bench him after the, the Texas game. But it, he just – I felt like he just needed somebody to blame because he didn't want to blame himself. And mm. I honestly think, like how you said, Bama has just been blessed with been, being able to win over talent because of the allure of what Bama is. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, not too many people talk about how great Nick Saban is as a coach. They talk mm. about how hard it is to, you know, be in Bama because of the talent that's there and the physical, the physicalness of practice and stuff. But and like conditioning, but nobody really speaks on his mind as a a true head coach. And now you're starting to see that as you know these players are starting to get dispersed out of the nation to all these different colleges. So he this is leading to him being exposed. And then now I wouldn't be shocked in the next couple of years that he start looking into retirement. As for Colorado, Dion needs to stop with that. Don't let him get comfortable. He's comfortable. <laughs> He's Very. comfortable. It, 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 it's a rat. It's a rat for all that. And I'm sick of all these, you know, other coaches just, you know, mouthing, just just trying to make headlines because they know this is the only opportunity that the media is actually going to care about them. Mm. Like Matt Rule, you're not in the NFL for a reason because you sucked as a coach. Talk about it. And now you got – and then you went and got dragged. And then now this Colorado State coach, Jay Norvell, he's about to get dragged because <laughs> he wanted to open his mouth talking about what his mama told him. Mama told me to take my shades off and my hat off when I talk to adults. I bet you your, your mom told you to mind your own fucking business. Hey, talk about it. Hey, wasn't he, so, wasn't he uh, Arizona State's old head coach or something like that? beforehand and that's why he got let go because he was a loser oh okay like that's it's it's as simple as that like he people just want to make headlines because this is the only time they're going to somebody's going to care about them now for the public because i was (laughs) i was in the bleacher report comments going ham i said some stuff straight because they, they released uh, a tier list on the Heisman candidates, and they made Shador a tier two Heisman candidate. And I was like, uh, having Shador a tier two instead of a tier one candidate is crazy to me. And what everybody wanted to bring up is like, oh, the competition it's only week two. It's too early to say what he is, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, first of all, I thought people was worried about Colorado competing. But now they go handle business and now everybody else's week competition? Hmm. I, I, real question. Real, uh, quick question, Coach Murph. And I'm going to let you answer this because this is going to feed into your point. Didn't USC lose to UCF, UCF last year? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, or South Florida, or one one of them too. Yeah, well, yeah. They 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 
They caught an L. They caught an L? Okay. Carry on. And what, didn't so, they have the trophy winner real quick? I'm just confirming from you because you know. Yeah, that, that, that Heisman Trophy winner that wasn't in the playoffs. Yeah, that guy. Oh, okay. Okay, carry on. Do what you need to do. The, who who was who was ranked as a, a tier one? And this guy was sitting here telling me like, you know, TCU and Nebraska ain't it. Colorado wasn't it. That's what people mm. were selling it. Mm. Until that man put a five ten on him. Now TCU ain't it. And mm. then I'm like, how how are we talking about competition? So let let's talk about USC then. Mm. I I, for, I forgot that Nevada was killing it this year. They they've been they've been known to kill things. No. San Jose, San Jose State, no. Stanford, mm. no. But we talking mm. about competition. Mm. You tell me that you have ten, you keep ten players on scholarship. You bring people from lesser competition colleges like HBCUs, and I use air quotes for that. And and a, a rookie D one head coach. And you tell me you throw that team together against a, a runner-up for the national championship last year. Now all of a sudden, they, they light work. Mind you, uh, I'm gonna just throw this in there because you know uh, the quarterback that got injured last year, uh, Max Duggan took over. By the way, uh, the quarterback that took took over last year was the one that started this year. So when they went two or three and zero, oh, whatever it may be, don't remember. Um, they were talking about him in the Heisman race, whatever his name, Chase, whatever. I don't know, but they were saying he was in the Heisman race after week one or two, and he took over. Just throwing that out there. I'm, I'm. This is all facts. I'm not making this up. Like I, he was out, but at the same time, everybody was enamored with Max Duggan. Yeah, but the guy that that took over was like first two weeks he was in the Heisman candidacy. So. So I mean, like this, I'm I'm looking forward to this this changing of the guard in in NCAA. That well, you know, rule number one of NIL that I'm happy about is that these players are finally getting paid. Mm. But now, two, this is also gives players the opportunity to prove a point what they've been trying to prove for years is that a lot of these players make these coaches. Let's talk about it. Oh, these yeah, coaches that was getting paid millions, mm-hmm. that and y'all don't y'all wanted to play the students nothing. Now you're seeing the chinks in and Nick Saban's and Dabo's armor. They ain't ready for that, Coach Murph. Let's say for another segment. They ain't ready for that because we can get, we can get wicked in here. It can get really really wicked in here when it comes to players developing because they go for the NFL and it go for NCAA. It can get very very wicked in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be a good ongoing conversation as the season unfolds. Um, but I think y'all made a great point when you talked about it earlier today in our group chat. I was like, yeah, we, we got we to put this here. Um, because there is a, a transition happening in, in college sports um, due to the NIL and just people seeing like, oh, there's people out here that can actually coach, coach. Like, and there's people out here that are, can coach when they have the best talent. Two different mm. things. Two, di- two different things. And one thing that Deion said that I love, he was like, you ain't got to be the best. I just I just need you to give me your best. You give Come me your best work with it. You know, like, so 
I think that's a, that's a sign of a, of a great coach. I love coaches like that because that can take folks that you people have written off that you ain't never heard of that then get recruited highly, you know, and just be like, yo, nah, I got you. I see something in you. I got you. Give me everything you got. I'll give you everything I got. And then, boom, they end up being top performers. So Xavier Weaver is a perfect example of that. If yeah. y'all don't know, check him. Check him because he didn't have two over – he didn't have last two weeks over 100 yards each week. Check him out. And did he come from, was it USF? Where did he, did he come from? I think it was U, UCF or USF, one of the two. Yeah, okay. Check him out, please, because he, he got busy last week. The, year, the week before against TCU, you didn't even know he had 100, but he had 100. But last week, he got busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to close the show out. Hope you spend your money this weekend, our bet NFL segment. Uh, so, Coach Murph, what are your bets for this week? Packers over the Falcons. Ritter looked disgusting last yeah. week. Um, so, and I, I believe Aaron Jones will be healthy, but I don't think it really matters who's running it, whether it's him or Dylan. But Pack, Packers over Falcons. But Bijan did look good. He did look good. Two, Debo Samuel scoring a touchdown. IU got a lot of attention last week, um, just scheme wise. But I think they're going to go ahead and feed Debo a bit and make sure that he gets, you know, get his stats up. And I'm expecting the Bears to right their wrongs for DJ Moore, and I got his over on three and a half receptions. Well, Coach Pace, what you got? I'm not going to lie to you. I stuck with the college game. Okay. And I'm going to tell you all this. My my bet is a little extended, but the way Shador Sanders has been slinging that thing around, I'm going to give you all the college bet of the week. Okay. That's what, that's what we're about to do. I'm going to give you all the college bet. Coach Murph got you on the, the NFL. I'm going to give you all the college bet of the week. So my bet is Shador Sanders, okay, over 275. Okay. All right. I got him over three touchdowns. Mm. Okay. I got Travis Hunter over. Correct me if I'm wrong. I got Travis Hunter over 60 plus yards. I got Jimmy Horn over 60 plus yards because he didn't get that many targets last week. Trust me, he will this week. Um, Xavier Weaver. He had 130 last week. Trust me, he's going to accidentally walk into 50. <laughs> Jimmy Horn is going to have a touchdown this week. Guarantee it. And then Dylan Edwards, he's going to have 50-plus rushing yards on some accidental stuff because they won't be able to stop the whole coalition. And then on top of that, my spread is 17. So six minus sixteen and a half that equals seventeen. Hey, you bet ten, you'll win about seventy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I like well, it. Yeah, one for the NFL. That's why. Well, you know how you. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to do. Um, with that, before we wrap up, so Coach Murphy forgot to ask. What is, uh, what is your opinion about the AJ Brown Jalen Hurts situation? Uh, I think it it's 
I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I understand where AJ Brown is coming from. I mean, you see, even I mean, if you tuned into, uh, you tuned into the, you know, Amazon early, there was AJ Brown walking and being interviewed by, uh, Richard Sherman, and he was talking about the competition of him facing Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson potentially being, you know, coined as the best receiver in the league. So um, when you go in and then the way, I mean, Justin Jefferson puts up numbers, your your counterpart, Devontae Smith is putting up numbers with the exact, well, pretty much the same targets. Um that can be a, a bit frustrating, but you know, Jalen Hurts was Jalen Hurts and told him like, "Hey, I got you, I got you, I got you." So just know, next week, week three, be heavy on the overs when it comes to AJ Brown. Expect a touchdown. Take his over on reception. Take his over on yards. They're going to find him. What they need to do is exactly what they did with Justin Jefferson in that game and just move AJ, AJ Brown around uh, within, put him in the slot. Sometimes you don't always have to have them out, have them play between the numbers. You don't always have to pay play outside of them, play within that hash, just move them around just to give him more opportunities to get the ball. It'll be a lot harder to manage that. You'll keep people, keep defenses thinking and then you'll be all right. I know it's going to be growing pains, new OC, but after seeing what Swift did, people are going to have to start respecting the running game a lot more again because it was kind of sketchy in week one. And now it's just like, okay, now it's really like, it's already pick your poison between, you know, Brown, Goddard, and Smith, but now you have to worry about Swift and Gainesville when he comes back. But it, it's Hurts is in a in a compromising position because you have to cater to everybody's ego, and that's that's hard to do when you have two number ones and a really good tight end with a great O line and a stack of running backs when you can run yourself. Mm. So. But Nick Sariani will figure it out. Yeah, I didn't think it was that big because it wasn't it wasn't personal. Like it was it was just like, yo, like I'm hungry. I'm trying to eat. You know, I'm happy. Other people are eating. I just want I just want to, and that's how I took it. And yeah. so yeah, I, so yeah, we gave y'all bets for this weekend and. Coach Murph gave you an insight for next weekend because that's how we do here on the Coach's Box. Um, but that's all for us on this episode. Hope y'all had a great time. Uh, and we'll see y'all next week. Stay blessed and stay safe, y'all. Peace.